where I think everybody should take it because it will, it will, if you're a self-aware person now, you will know yourself inside and out by the time you're done with it. <laughs> you will know yourself inside, out, sideways, upside down, every nook and cranny. And one of the things I see in the metaphysical world is people Googling their birth charts, pulling tarot cards like four times a day, every day, and not feeling different in life. And it's because those tools become a tool for escapism and not a tool for growth. And we want you to know thyself and we want you to feel like no matter the circumstance that life is feeling alive is a possibility for you and feeling like you can feel the magic coursing through your blood and that you know that you have some agency in every situation is available to you. We want you to do that. Um, Patty's asking what if you've already completed it. Patty, you just join again. So Anna will usually post or send out emails to let you know what's going on. And Holistic Witchery is just a, um, you know, once you're in, that you can do it over and over. And it's one of those things where you are a different person every time you go through it. I've been thinking about this a lot lately about, I think there's this idea that once we've like fixed a problem in our life, the problem goes away. The problems don't go away. They come back in new and exciting ways. Uh, I've been very, very broke. Like I've been so, so broke, <laughs> like, like ramen noodles for dinner every day of the week, poor. And I had lots of, you know, money problems then. And now as a person who has a business and we've got a big team here, a lot of people you, behind the scenes that you don't even see. And like, I'm able to support my family and that's all well and good. But the energy of feeling like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with today to solve this problem doesn't go away. It's just the problems now are very expensive tax problems or they're very expensive contractor bills that have to be taken care of or like marketing expenditures and, and things like that. And the feeling is not different. That's the thing. The feeling isn't different. The feeling of not being able to buy food at the grocery store is not different than the feeling of feeling like I'm not going to be able to pay a tax bill. The feeling is not different. And that's the feeling that lives in your energy. So every time you take holistic witchery and you grow in your life or something expands, things will happen that give you the same, there'll be a different thing, same feeling. So then you're able to use the things in holistic witchery um, in the five eye spiral and conjuring abundance, all of the tools that you have in astrology to then look at, I have the same feeling I had before in a new and exciting circumstance. And how do I work through this next level and addressing the feeling that never really, the feelings don't go away. They live in your energy forever and they come out with new circumstances. So holistic witchery, you do again and again and again, um, because you're a different person every time you do it. And we've had people go through it. We've been doing holistic witchery for five years and we've had people who've done it for at least once a year, all of five years. So uh, definitely check it out. If it's been on your interest list, you know, let us know if you want information. We'll get it to you. There is this new wave of healing thyself going through our society right now. I think that it is a little bit trendy to like heal your inner wounds and change the, the life and landscape for the, the next generations to come. And I wanted to dive in today about this idea of healing and what does it mean? And we, we use the, the phrase heal like a witch, and it's actually a free audio class that we have. So 
if you don't have it, make sure you get that. But what do we mean when we say heal like a witch? And why would we be talking about healing? And what does that have to do with anything? That's what I'm talking about on today's podcast episode. If the word witch makes you feel full of power and excitement, if you love personal development but loathe boring love and light conversation, if a sexy combo of witchery and inner work piques your interest, you're in the right place. Welcome home, Magic Maker, and welcome to Expedition to Soul, the podcast brought to you by the Sisters Enchanted. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Expedition to Soul. Um, do you know that we've recorded almost 500 podcast episodes. So the podcast used to be called Magic on the Inside, if you don't know. And between the Magic on the Inside episodes and Expedition to Soul, it's been nearly 500 episodes. When we renamed the podcast, it's all still the same feed. So like if you're going back through old um, podcast episodes, you'll see Magic on the Inside. Um, but we reset the count at zero. And sometimes I'm like, why do we do that? But anyway, with <laughs> all together, almost 500 episodes and almost a million downloads. And it's really exciting just to know that this, everything we talk about here has impacted so many people. And it's been really fun to explore the podcast over the years and the different ways we've done it too. With uh, sometimes it was just me or we had guest community members. And then for a while, Anna and I, that's my sister um, and my uh, partner in crime here at TSE behind the scenes. She works, make sure that our students in our communities get everything that they need and is head of our fulfillment. And uh, anyway, and then there's been a lot of solo episodes for me as of late. And it's interesting to, to reflect on that. And the topic I'm talk talking about today, healing, and what, what is all the hype about healing? Why are we doing it? Uh, because with healing, you grow, you are always growing and evolving. And it's a good reminder that nothing stays the same. And while change can be change can be unpredictable and a bit scary at times, we also heal through change and through growth. And you can always try something again. As I reflect on all of these podcast episodes, you know, for the various ways we've done the podcast, it's usually just because of the need of a season. And like right now, it's really challenging to get uh, calendars lined up to have more than one person on the podcast, which is why it's often just me. Um, but it is, it's good, you know, and then eventually there'll be another a swing, and there'll be more space for calendaring and, and life is like that. Sometimes life is just like that. And we got to lean into what's available to us and what's right for us at that moment in time, which brings me full circle to the topic of healing. And why are we talking about that? So what is healing? I think we can consider a, a wound, <laughs> like a cut and how we need it to heal so that we stay well and it doesn't get infected, right? Well, in your inner energetic body, we also carry wounds. Uh, the thing about these wounds, though, is that we don't always recognize them for what they are. They're very easy to hide or pretend like they're something else, where as opposed to a wound to your physical body, you can see it. It's challenging to avoid a wound that really needs tending to, right? So for your inner wounds, these are those little little things in our energy that, that hurt sometimes. So, and when they start to hurt, we do things to make the pain stop. 
and the things that we do aren't always helpful for us. So we can talk about wounding in a couple of different categories. Uh, here for us, we'll talk about the witch wound often. And the idea there is the uh, stories we've been told about how we must be a certain way and play it safe. Now, uh, people have been tried for witchcraft for years and years. I mean, not not now, <laughs> but we know that in the 1600s in um, New England, what is now Connecticut and Massachusetts, were the witch trials here. Um, previous to that, there had been witch trials in Europe uh, and in the Middle Ages, you know, thousands of people involved in witch trials. The interesting thing about the witch trials that happened in Massachusetts and Connecticut were that in Massachusetts, more in particular, the more, that's not a phrase, more in Massachusetts specifically, <laughs> the Salem witch trials, which you've probably heard of, uh, there were, it was fast. There were a lot of people accused of witchcraft in a very short period of time. Not only were they accused, they were executed, jailed very, very quickly. And it happened so fast that uh, governing bodies of the original, um, you know, founding areas of what is now America had to intervene and say, like, stop, no more. <laughs> Because this is too much. It's too much witchcraft trials. Even for us Puritans, it's too much, too many witchcraft trials um, and put an end to them. So there were still witchcraft trials happening, though. They happened in Connecticut and it be, before the Salem witch trials. And then they lasted after in Connecticut and Massachusetts both. But that period of time that we that's known as the Salem witchcraft trials was a specifically short period of time. There were men involved, mostly women, though. And what's interesting when we talk about the witch wound is throughout history, the people who were accused of witchcraft, by and large, were not what we would call witches. They were women who were maybe single or elderly or landowners or didn't go to church because they couldn't get to church. Um, or there was a reason why that there's like some reason they didn't go to church, right? And they just stood out from society and were easy targets to blame situations on. The same is true in European witchcraft trials. Now, those happened in different areas, so there is different history to them. Um, but by and large, it's people who looked different, sounded different, made choices that did not align with a governing body, or were people who were doing all of the things that the you know, society was asking of them, but were just easy scapegoats. They couldn't fight back, didn't have the resources to fight back, didn't have enough power to fight back. So they were easy targets. So when we think about the witch wound, um, there are people who practice uh, like Wicca and paganism as religions here in our modern society. Um, and Wicca is actually a pretty modern religion. And so not tied to what these historical witchcraft trials would be. Uh, so when we talk about the witch wound, I think it's important to consider what we learned from these situations that create this generational internal wounding. And as a person who lives in Connecticut, <laughs> in this area, you know, there is a certain amount of be a certain way. You know, um, if you live in the Bible Belt of the U.S., for sure, it's dress a certain way, talk a certain way, show up on Sunday a certain way. And if you are outside of that norm, that's when people start to look at you different. And when people look at you differently, you begin to, it's easy to lose your internal power because you start to second guess yourself because you 
others make it clear to you that they don't appreciate what you're doing and that you don't fit in with their norms. And so these become these internal wounds because we start to question whether or not what we are doing makes any sense, whether or not it's against uh, the religion we grew up in, whether or not we are good people, whatever good people means to you, or if it's not frivolous or silly or all these things we start to question. And this is really that witch wound coming up. It says, do not ask too many questions. Do not thwart authority too much. Do not um, be different, act different, say, <laughs> do not do anything different. Uh, protect yourself, protect your energy. But every time that we take a step out of alignment with who we truly are, what we truly believe in our hearts of hearts, who we want to be, how we want to show up in the world, we put a little wound in our energy. So healing the witch wound and healing like a witch comes back to healing your energetic stories, understanding who you were born, your innate gifts, your innate strengths, your your unique singular way of viewing the world or a situation, your personal power, your agency over your body, your mind, your your energy, your decisions, your money, your whatever, just your agency to be who you are. Uh, that is where we need to heal these stories that make us feel like we can't be who we desire to be. So whatever, and this is a for any, whatever, whatever you believe to be true in your heart of hearts about yourself, your life, the world, it's healing anything that is not allowing you to be in your fullest authenticity of that. We also have society wounds that are I think attached to this witch wound, but the witch wound very specifically is, you know, what, what bad thing can happen to me if I stand out, um, the society wound, this is the different societal structures that have told some, some of us how we should be women, you know, you should look a certain way. <laughs> you should not be too bossy, but don't be too nice, blah, 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 all these contradictions about how we should be right. Um, the society wounds, school wounds. I was a school teacher. I have my master's in education. To, I went to school to teach English. And then I taught, um, I got my, uh, the shortage, durational shortage permit at one point in time for reading and then trained in that and uh, learning differences. Anyway, I definitely know to the school wounds, the um, kid who gets called on by the sometimes usually well-meaning teacher, you know, to call on a kid who uh, just can't be focused for, can't sustain 45 minutes of focus in a classroom where there's clocks ticking and kids making noises, right? And then they get called on, they don't know the answer or they don't know what's happening. And now, now they remember that forever or, um, you know, all, there's just these different instances that happen in a school setting that are pretty unnatural to the rest of your life. Like it's pretty unlikely that you find yourself in situations where you have to sit <laughs> and wait for permission to use the bathroom and speak when spoken to. And that doesn't happen as an adult. So it's very unnatural. And that puts these school wounds into us as well. Also from our parents and our siblings you know, even our own selves and the, the mistakes that we make and how we internalize them as part of our value. So you make a mistake or you do something that you're ashamed of or you feel guilty and you're like, oh, I wish I, why, who was I? I wasn't even who I am now. 
but we let those mistakes and those learning lessons and those growth experiences define who we are henceforth. And then every time we're given some opportunity for something, if we don't heal that inner wound and forgive ourselves, the story of, well, I am a, I'm guilty. I'm so ashamed of my behaviors. I can't do this because what if somebody finds out this about me or um, I did this once I might, you know, what if I do it again or whatever. And then we let these, these versions of us and these experiences that we had define the rest of our lives. And so all of these internal wounds are living within our energy and we're constantly making decisions with those wounds in place unless we recognize them and heal them, <laughs> stop the bleeding and move forward. And that's what healing like a witch is all about. And we say like a witch because we feel like these people who were, and it was like, you know, so many, it was so not, it was so far behind us in history. Um, but I think it, it really carries forward this idea that the people who maybe they're not being, you know, jailed for witchcraft now, but if you are the one person who doesn't do the thing everybody else is doing, or you question anything at all, you can still very easily be the person who's sort of looked at sideways and that doesn't feel comfortable. Or it might just even be in your family. I think that this is not obviously, <laughs> no one's going to jail over this, but even if you live in a household of like four people, you're say you're a family and you've, you've got a partner and you got some kids or maybe you live with your aging parents or something and you're like the one person in your family who wants to make a change. Maybe you want to change the way you eat or a habit in the house or you want to watch less TV or you want to pick up a new hobby, but like everybody else still wants to do the same thing. And then you hold yourself back from doing it because maybe they're mocking you or they just are not, they're not being supportive in any way, shape or form. And it's really creating a barrier to your success. That's obviously very different than what happened with the Salem witch trials. I'm not trying to say this is like an apples to apples comparison. I'm saying in our modern world that we live in, um, where we do have protections <laughs> against things like being called a witch and put in jail. <laughs> um, for the most part, anyway, uh, we can see the energy of that, though, of being the othered, the one who's criticized, and or becomes the family scapegoat, even though you're you're not doing anything harmful to anybody. Um, and the energy of that wound is not different. It's the same sort of energy within you, like you were you became this sort of one that everybody points to as the problem when you haven't done anything problematic. And so healing like a witch is really acknowledging that, you know, who you were, you were born magic, who you were when you were born, the energy you came into this world with, the way you're receiving life right now is all valid and amazing. Uh, and how do you stay authentic to yourself? How do you stay magic? And that comes from healing these inner wounds, which is really a process. It's a lifelong process because we're always opening old wounds or being rewounded or new wounds arise. And so we need the tools and the toolkit to do that. That's where Heal Like a Witch comes in. Um, and that's, that's why we teach that. All right. Some ideas, some stuff to think about there. If you're not in our free Heal Like a Witch audio class, get in there. Uh, we have revamped it a little bit. So it's the same audio if you had it before through the podcast series, but we've put it into our class site portal with some extra resources for you. So it's more easily accessible. Um, and you're able to, from the class portal link in and join 
the I do these Sunday coffee chats for almost mostly every so far since I've started doing them. I've not missed a Sunday. I'm sure eventually I will miss one. <laughs> but so far I've not missed one. And um but to access them live, we do post the replays on YouTube and I email them out, but it, to to come live and be in the comments if you want to share, ask questions, have that community going on. You do have to be in the class group, which means you have to be in a class. And the Heal Like a Witch audio course will get you there. So you can check that out. We'll put the link in all of the links place or just head to our website or, you know, email us, message us, wherever you got to do to get in there and check out Heal Like a Witch. All right. Thank you all for hanging with me. And until next time, I hope that you have an enchanted rest of your day ahead. But wait, before we head out of today's podcast episode, we're going to break for a Ask Me Anything segment. Before we go, we're going to do an Ask Me Anything. And today's Ask Me Anything was how the hell to find peace and create a place to return when life is flipping nuts. So I think that the premise of this question was when life is just totally chaotic, how do you come back to a place of inner peace when like, like you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? This was a, a longer question. I think that was actually part of the longer question, if I'm recalling correctly. <laughs> like, How do you do it when you're waiting for the other shoe to drop? So I've got some ideas um, how to find peace in the chaos. Firstly, the thing that I always, well, healing, what I talked about in this podcast episode before this healing your inner wounds, I think is a great place to start. It's actually not in my notes. I took notes for this <laughs> answer. Um, but because when we, when we're reactive or we're like waiting for a shoe to drop or other people are really messing up our day, uh, when we've healed the part of ourselves that is finding urgency in helping people or finding urgency in holding space or being the savior, when we heal those parts, we're less impacted by other people. So for example, in my life, um, I'm a business owner and I do have two people who would be like my leadership people on our team and they can answer on my behalf for, you know, like most anything, but sometimes things happen that have never happened before or with a newer team member, maybe it's something that's happened to me in the past, but they've never witnessed it. Or it's there's just like a variable that somebody can't wrap their head around. So on any given day, I can be minding my business <laughs> and I get an urgent like work SOS. I we need help. Or I help care for my grandparents. My grandfather has dementia. So I could um and and my grandparents, you know, they're elderly. So things happen. And I can get an urgent like this thing has happened. We need you to come over to the apartment right now. Um, and that's kind of just happens. <laughs> but when you heal your inner wounds around um, emergencies, I guess, this it can be helpful to realize that one person's emergency is not always your emergency, even though you're the person who needs to help them. So when you start to calm your energy and realize that, you know, in my life, like my grandparents, for example, if my grandfather or grandmother were injured or truly sick, they need to call 911, not me. Um, because I can, otherwise, anything they'd call me for can probably wait <laughs> some period of time. It might be more urgent, like that there's been um, some kind of, you know, 
accident that's caused a mess that needs cleaning and that's pretty urgent because it's gross and dirty, right? And that happens sometimes. It doesn't mean I have to run. That can mean that it can wait an hour to an hour and a half and it's all going to be okay. The same with work. Often I have to ask myself, this feels so urgent and like I have to solve it right now because there's somebody who's upset or it's this problem. And then I have to remember that there's billions of people on this planet and this one little thing and my little speck on the face of the earth is not going to be like literally no one will even know this ever happened 100 years from now. Probably not even a year from now will we remember. And healing your wounds around what's an emergency, what is urgent, what is actually your responsibility in life and in the grand scheme of the universe healing those wounds. Oh my gosh. It is such a game changer for finding your inner peace. Um, so that's one doing the, the work of healing your inner self. The other tips I have are finding clarity on how you want to feel. So we teach intention setting. How do you want to feel? And then how do you move and live through that? And when you have clarity on how you want to feel, this goes with that, that wounding bit and healing the wounds. Uh, this I think can help because in any situation that arises where there's just really your whole life has been, your whole day has been turned upside down. Coming back to how do I want to feel? Okay. Maybe I want to feel capable. Maybe I want to feel empowered. Maybe I want to feel separate, like not involved. <laughs> maybe I want to feel authoritative. Maybe I want to feel compassionate. Um, how do you want to feel? So coming back to how you want to feel in any scenario, Know that you have, if you're a person who is still working on calming that inner nervous system, your inner wounds around emergencies and, um, you know, like drama that fuels anxiousness, using tools to anchor yourself into your future vision can be really, really helpful. So if you have like um, a crystal, it's so, I, I, I don't know that, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I have these gold, these fake gold, they're $100 bills, but they're I, know, I bought them for like each one $2.99 at a register at like a novelty shop. <laughs> but I keep one in my purse all the time. And the reason I have it there is to remind myself of how I want to feel around money. And so it's an anchor that helps me remember all of the ways I want to feel about money. So when I first got it and I, I sat down with this fake $100 bill, I said all the things I want to feel true about money, that money is replenishable. Money is a made up construct. Somebody decided <laughs> what money was worth, <laughs> like <laughs> how much things were going to cost. Someone just invented all of this. And I have to remember about emotional attachments to money and when I make it mean about myself and my family and the future. And so whenever I open my purse, I see that that in there and I remember all those ways I want to feel. I also I keep, I keep one of my purse and one on my desk. So whenever I see it, though, I'm anchored back to that way that I want to feel. So if you're working on an area of life where you're trying to kind of retrain yourself to feel a different way and, and um, have a different story, use an anchor as a tool. And then finally, my last tip for this is self-coaching with our five-eye spiral. So we teach the five-eye spiral in our holistic witchery program. And then in our mastermind small group, we actually help people, we give them tools to more specifically use it for self-coaching and I model it as a self-coaching tool, um, but going through the five eyes. So how do you want to feel? 
what energy needs to be replaced, make, make space for the new feeling. That's number two. The third is doing shadow work to understand where the thoughts and feelings are coming from. Uh, four is um, using tools as an anchor or ritual. But really what you're doing with that is casting a new vision. So what, where do you have to get creative to allow yourself to believe something you never believed before? And then the fifth is intuition. Your intuition grows by doing the first four. So through being more intentional, following the steps, you become more self-trusting. You become more self-loving. You second guess yourself um, less and less and less. And you can be more present in energy, more capable, have more energetic capacity for holding all of the chaos that happens in life um, when it does inevitably happen. So those are my tips for keeping, keeping it together when everything feels like it's just blowing up in your face. So I hope you found this episode helpful and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. If you love the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or a review that helps us to get the word out about all we're doing here at the Sisters Enchanted. Thanks for being part of our community and we'll see you in the next episode.